What's going on, everybody? It is Jaden Dante Gear, professionally known as Simon Vertigo. Welcome to the Simon Says Podcast. This is my first ever episode, and this is going to be a subset of the night podcast where I just get on here and I talk about some things that I just be thinking about, that just be eating away at me, and I just want to use it as an outlet to just express myself as far as, um, I guess, political problems or racial problems whatever the fuck it's just more of a society thing societal problems i want to talk about this stuff and kind of uh stray away for some music and art for a little bit because my life isn't 100 percent um focused around just art whatever you know i am a black american so i do have to deal with some things that plague my everyday life so let's talk about uh pandemic white nationalism and what life has been like for like the last year for me all right so uh we're on wikipedia um by the way do not use wikipedia as a credible uh uh, source to cite a lot of the time a lot of people just be writing shit on here but um according to wikipedia white nationalism is a type of nationalism or pan-nationalism which espouses the belief that white people are a race and seeks to develop and maintain a white racial and national identity. Uh, A little bit later in this definition of what nationalism is, um, they say analysts describe white nationalism as overlapping with white supremacism and white separatism. White uh, White nationalism is sometimes described as a euphemism for or subset of white supremacism, and the two have been used interchangeably by journalists and analysts. Um, basically, white people, uh, who are part of this group of white separatism is, and this is, uh, in the pursuit of a white-only state, um, and while supremacism is a belief that white people are superior to non-whites and should dominate them, um, it's kind of painfully obvious that majority of people in the United States who are white um, tend to think a certain way about per, uh, people of color and minorities just based off of, um, you know, they're controlling the media. And last year I held a, an event for, um, well, it wasn't a, well, yeah, it was more so like a lecture, uh, called the black American experience. And it happened after the murder of George Floyd um, there was a bunch of protests going on, and I hadn't been on social media in, I think, a few weeks by that point. And some friends reached out to me and asked me uh, if I wanted to attend a protest in San Jose. Um, me, I uh, I was kind of confused on what they were protesting about, so I automatically assumed. I was like, oh, did another black man die by the hands of police brutality? And one of my friends sent me the video from the George Floyd uh, murder. And I saw 30 seconds of it and this amount of rage I built up, uh, it had, I, it gave me this fire, this spark for me to do something. So I went to my friends, uh, Jordan Covington and Les Nyako, and I asked them if they wanted to put something together and sure enough, they're, they're ready for it. They said, let's do it. What are we, what are we going to do? And, um, my friend Rahul Nagy. He uh, said that we could host this speech in front of the Black Power statue um, at SJSU. And uh, so we put it together in a week. Um, 
I posted uh, the poster that I made. It was a really shitty poster, but I posted this poster that I made on Twitter, and it caught a bunch of attention. Um, it caught attention from my homegirl Corinne, and then she hopped o- she hopped on board, and she basically did like the heavy lifting. I just had the the platform and the voice to get people's attention so she came together with us and we met like three days before the event it was actually insane but anyways we basically just held a little lecture and we just kind of tried to educate uh some others on what it's like to be a black american and kind of uh, tell them to think a little deeper about these hands that play that play a role um in our society is basically like shitting on a whole bunch of Western ideals and uh, really just trying to push them above surface value and push them above looking surface value. We really wanted them to understand that this is our reality has been our reality. And we also wanted to ask questions like, so what took so long for us to get to the point? Because after the George Floyd murder, a bunch of people started speaking out, putting a cab in their bios, Black Lives Matter, like, and it was kind of confusing to me because I was, I was kind of shocked that out of all the people and out of all the things that happened to Black Americans, what stood out with this murder in particular, which made all these people kind of click and realize, oh shit, this is an actual problem. Now, my theory was because we were in the middle of a pandemic and nobody can go outside, they had no choice but to stay on social media and forced to see what they actually do to my people all the time. And um, yeah, so it, it was hard. Uh, we held the speech a day after my 20th birthday. So it was June 6, 2020. And I, it, I just, it, it, it keeps replaying in my head like, at such a young age, this is like what, what I'm doing. I, I, I would like to host more speeches, but due to the pandemic, that doesn't sound like a good idea. So I'm just going to be uh, speaking out on recording on just audio. I'm just going to do podcasts and express myself that way. But it, it always bothers me that my people, like my people, are so young, and it doesn't matter what age you are, but. We're so young and there's so much trauma and there's so much pain that's just inherited. <sighs> but yeah, so that went on. That happened in June. Uh, a couple months later, I get a DM on my Twitter from a journalist. I don't know if I should share his name, but uh, he reached out to me letting me know that I was part of a police hack of like a breach or something with their documents, like a bunch of files. And my name came up. They uh, they basically labeled me as a radical extremist for hosting the event. They flagged my tweet uh, about possible protest activity at SJSU. Now, you know, if you have half a brand, you know damn well it wasn't a protest. It was a lecture. Um, but I think the reason why they labeled it as radical extremism is because I talked about uh, police reform, judicial reform, just basically the unjust system that we've fucking had in place for I don't know how long. That's basically uh, extremism because it's, it's something that's been in place for so long. So once you have a different idea or you go against, 
you know, the, the natural quote unquote order of things. And yeah, I guess that's considered radicalism. That's extremism, which is really corny because um, they can do a lot of shit with that. So nationalism. Now, nationalism is, is, is interesting to me because it's always been around, um, whether we recognize it or not. White nationalism is something that's always kind of been a part of everyday life. And whether you want to acknowledge it or ignore it, that's completely up to you. A lot of the times it's just uh, ignorance. Mm. White pride is something that's always plagued the United States since... The Europeans came over and just murdered a bunch of natives and indigenous people, raped their women, et cetera, et cetera. We know how it goes. And um, I think my my first kind of exposure to like white nationalism was in the 2016 presidential election with uh, Donald Trump. I was 16 years old. I was a junior in high school. And I remember like right after president trump got elected and i'd go on the the internet and i'd see a bunch of white people walking around with tiki torches burning crosses just acting like complete fucking animals and i think it's actually insane how the narrative never never it is never in our favor always they can do the most uh heinous shit they could murder a bunch of people burn crosses and it's considered patriotism but when i say fuck the american flag and fuck what everyone stands for about this fuck-ass country you know europeans are bringing my people over and continue to fucking use us as the black sheep when i say that then i'm fucking you know i'm not american this and that i'm fuck fuck being american american fuck 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 americans i'm not fucking american i don't even know what the fuck i am i don't even know my uh i don't even know what's in my blood because that shit was taken away from me. And guess what? If I want to figure out, I have to pay some fucking white people hundreds of dollars to figure out where I'm from. I, I had a huge crisis when I was like 19 because I didn't know which part of Africa I was from. It's it's uh, it, it's it's fucked up, man. And I don't think we talk about that enough. Uh, I, I know it seems like on the on, on the internet black people are starting to get some type of um eyes on us right we're starting to be heard just a little bit but i i truly don't feel like that um hold on. i'm gonna search up who make up the the u.s population huh i already know but um white people obviously are the majority shocker they make up like 76 something percent of the u.s population while black americans make up like 14 point something percent right so it confuses me when white people are saying oh more white people die by the hands of police brutality and no one talks about that it's okay okay but what you're failing to realize is white people make up 76% of the population. 76% while my people only make up 14.4%. It's simple math. It's actually kind of uh, concerning. 
and they live in two different Americas. They, they don't see the same shit that I see, and they they never will. Um, it, when I think about the pandemic that started early last year, and I think about what happened in June, you have to understand how infuriating it could be when you see someone who looks like you, who could be your uncle or your father, get no type of justice, including Breonna Taylor. But black women, that's a whole nother conversation that I'll get into later. But when you see a black man who could be your father or your uncle or a close relative who has a knee on their neck and they're asking to breathe and then they're, they're murdered broad daylight with like teenage kids filming, they're murdered in broad daylight. And then you see people making memes, like jokes out of our lives because it doesn't mean anything. They're calling him a monkey, saying he deserved this shit. And they hide behind these screens and these meme accounts, failing to realize that was a real person. And they, I feel like we got so desensitized to making jokes and shit about that because we live behind a fucking screen. It's it's concerning. It's really concerning. Um, and I shouldn't be concerned because... In a, in a weird way, I shouldn't be concerned because this is how it's always been. It's always been like this. This shit isn't brand new. Um, like, like I said in my speech, we are slaves just in a different way, a new face. It's just slavery with a new face. Nothing has changed. And uh, it bothers me. Um, obviously, it's been uh, about to be a year since the pandemic started. Like in a few weeks, it's going to be a year since the pandemic started. And since June of last year, in July, the hype, quote unquote, for Black Lives Matter and all that's kind of died down. And I was kind of worried about that. Even when it came out, I was I was begging people to not let this be something that that's a fucking trend that lasts for like two weeks and then we get over it. Oh, I'm sorry. I failed to mention that at, my, at our speech, uh, Corinne gathered a bunch of mothers to come and speak about... Um, individuals they lost to the hands of police brutality and that was one of the hardest like most heartbreaking things I've ever had to hear in my life and it's it's different when you know you sit on the internet you see it on tv but when you're like in the middle of it you're experiencing these mothers pain and the shit that they've gone through and they're here being being as strong as ever just sharing photos of what their baby's heads look like, what their son's heads look like. But you're getting shot in the back of the fucking head, the skull. When you see shit like that, I don't understand how you can't say Black Lives Matter. It's, it's like moronic at this point to disagree. And it's, you're, you're racist. Like <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Because it shouldn't bother you that it says Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is basically saying all lives matter, but all lives don't matter until Black Lives Matter. Right now, I think we should also discuss uh, people of color. Um, people of color have always been pitted against each other, whether you're black, um, Mexican, Asian, Indian. When you come to America, it's it's like mind-numbingly clear that we're not supposed to be unified. It's actually ironic that we're called the United States of America and we live in a country that is so fucking divided. Um, now, 
we'll talk we can talk about like anti-blackness in the Asian community and the Mexican community and I just I, I want people to, to dig beyond surface level and think about why that may be it's because the white people have always pitted pitted us against each other the white man knows that they're lazy they know that they're lazy because all this wealth that they've they've uh, inherited and they've generated for themselves isn't from them it's from us the people of color the railroads infrastructure architecture a lot of it was done by minorities if not all <laughs> but for some reason on the news were portrayed certain ways these racial stereotypes were lazy or dumb were coons were the butt of every fucking joke and when foreigners and people immigrate to the states and they see on the news that oh there's so much black on black crime etc etc when you're a foreigner and you come to a new country you trust sources like the news so it's obvious why i get treated a certain way no one like if you're white you don't have to worry about walking into an asian mart and looking a certain way maybe maybe but it's it's a very slim chance of you actually you know raising some eyebrows because you're the fair skin look at look at look at the the world and the grip white people have gotten the world power it's terrifying I remember being 13, walking into an Asian mart with my mom and having uh, Asian men and women steering the other direction, clutching their purses. I remember being treated like I wasn't a fucking person or I was a bad person based off of stereotypes. And I just, it doesn't matter what you do. You can dress like a thug. You can dress in a suit and tie. You can dress however you want. You can, you can be a little bit more flamboyant. The, we live in other minorities' minds as a completely different entity. And it's it's worrisome. And it's always kind of bothered me. Um, but that's part of the Black American experience, unfortunately. It's not something I think uh, will change in my lifetime. Be surprised if it did, but um, we just need more people to be aware. And all I can do is encourage others to educate themselves and educate their, their parents um, call them, call them out on their bullshit, their ignorance, so we can progress as a people. Um, so, uh, I'm going to be 21 this year, and right now I am studying at the end of college, oh, on U- fucking Zoom University, I am taking classes, online classes, uh, at, from the end of college, and I'm majoring in communication. And this was probably two months ago. Yeah, it was like July. It was uh, January. There was a storming of the Capitol, right? A bunch of white people went in there, ballsy as fuck. We know how this goes. I wasn't on the internet. Someone had to tell me about it. And then it was my girlfriend. She told me to check the news. It took me all five minutes to kind of see what was happening. And the next day, I had my fundamentals of communication class and we just talked about that whole scenario that whole situation sorry and it dawned on me that in the midwest there's a bunch of uh white people who don't have access to education they're very ignorant and 
obviously I live in California, if you know me, I'm in California. So I have a bunch of access to records and history and knowledge. Like I have a plethora of knowledge at these schools and we're, we're diverse. So, you know, you get classes on a bunch of different people with ethnic backgrounds, um, anything revolving around other people's per, per, uh, perceptions and different societies. You, you, we have access to all this knowledge. So I could see how me being in California, I live in my bubble and people in the Midwest, they have their own bubble. But the only reason why shit like that happens is because of ignorance and being less educated. So even though I'm in a community college and I don't think that should determine whether or not I'm getting a proper education because it's the same shit. But even though I'm in a community college, I have the utmost privilege of just having these classes and having this platform to speak with other people who are not the same as I. People from different ethnic backgrounds, um, societies. It's actually like very important. It's very vital for us to be educated. So when I look at shit like this, like the storming of the Capitol, I just feel sad. It's fucking, it's like, I'm like angry, but I'm also not, I'm just, I'm just disappointed if anything. So I think it's very important that we all get educated. I do. Like school is, it's trash, right? Uh, it's behind a paywall. That shit is corny. Knowledge shouldn't be behind a paywall. I'll never agree with the way the system is ran, but you have to think about it. It's, it's part of the, this, this plan, right? You got to think about who has access to school and education the people who inherited this generational wealth now who inherited this generational wealth white people white people have always had this money who who gets passed down opportunity after opportunity even though they may not have um uh governmental experience they might not have actually anything there's nothing on their records that are credible for or credible for them to be suited for these roles in in the senate it's it's it's, it all comes back to white people. I know it sounds really watered down, but if you have half a brand, you know what I'm talking about. So generational wealth. So those people can afford to go to school. And if you're poor and white, you, you can't, you know, get a proper education. You only go off of, you know, news, news sources that majority of the time aren't even fucking credible because they're shaving down what we're supposed to be seeing. So then you think that a bunch of black people we're going to murder you or thugs are out to kill you. So what what happens? You know, you start acting like an ass. You start harassing black people. Uh, you get this uh, fear instilled in you and nothing might not even fucking happen. But, you know, you're uneducated, you're not aware. And that's your bubble. Um, a year ago, almost a year ago, when we held the uh, lecture, I asked him to think about neighborhoods, right? And I asked him to think about when you go into a white neighborhood or a, a sorry, a, a rich neighborhood, who do you see there? You see white people. And what the hell? So I encouraged, I encouraged, sorry about that. I encouraged people to think deeply about why they say white rich neighborhoods. They never say, oh, this is a really black rich neighborhood, that Mexican rich, an Asian rich neighborhood. No, it's white. It's white. And think about that. We have, we have all been socially 
conditioned to understand that when you go into a rich neighborhood, white people are going to inhabit it and nobody thinks different about it, right? You think about Oakland, some parts of Oakland, you think about like East Palo Alto, you think about um, Chicago, you think about rough places in Atlanta, and who's there? Minorities, prefer uh, majority black, right? You think about that, and you think about how did we get here? Now, my father and I talked about this, about um, segregation. Now, he believes that we needed segregation. As far as it goes, like black and white people, we needed segregation because uh, during the movement for the ending of segregation, um, black people, they were spreading wealth with, with amongst themselves and their community, right? We had our own businesses, barbershops, stores, right? And we were dressing in suits, ties. There was a, there was definitely a different energy. And then right when segregation ended, you can see that we immediately started buying white products. We started buying to white-owned businesses, and we said, "Fuck off to our company." This is the white man. And then what? Like twenty years later, a couple of decades later, fucking crack is introduced. Now we have projects built up. We have huh, food stamps. We have lack of education because there's no schools in these rundown areas there's no stores for possible you know grocery jobs there's no there's lack of opportunity there's lack of jobs there's lack of education there's lack of money there's lack of generational wealth because you know we're we're, we're segregation ended so we've gone to spending our money on white products and it's kind of reminiscent of today's like when a rapper a black rapper gets money he spends his money on bugattis ferraris a bunch of shit that you're not owned by no fucking black people. None of this shit's owned by black people, and we. I think we're, we're the, the we make up. We're like second, and the population majority of the population of the United States, and we're like fourteen point four percent. Fourteen point fucking four percent. So. What the fuck. <laughs> At this point, if you don't get it, you're just you're not want, you're not trying to understand that it's all a fucking game. The whitewashing of um, black people so they can be more presentable to white people's standards. Black women are straightening their hair. Black men are shaving their heads. They're fucking they're cutting their locks off, picking out their nappy naturals. That's a whole other debate because the black community is so skewed and so fucking backwards we shit on each other for our skin colors the way we wear our hair when it's our natural kinky hair like who we shouldn't have to pick out our hair because it like they say it looks nappy that shit definitely didn't start by no black people black people was not talking about nappy hair i can almost guarantee and i've had like asian friends say their hair is so nappy stop using that fucking shit you sound stupid Oh, my hair is so nappy. No, your hair is just unkept. Don't fucking use terminology like that. You sound moronic. Get educated, man. Holy shit. Um, it, it's all rooted in like white nationalism. It's all rooted in the uh, patriarchy. It's all rooted everything. It's been ingrained in our DNA. All America knows is... <laughs> Uh, generating wealth and monetary success and value off of the backs of 
minorities raping and killing a bunch of us, keeping us in cages, jail. Like I, people, I I really implore you to take a very good look and pay attention at who they let into these offices. Like fuck Barack Obama too, because you know I can't let that shit slide. He he might be black. But he did bomb, like, Yemen, and he was a piece of shit when it came to Flint, Michigan. Fuck him. But um, look at his skin tone. He's still light as shit. The first black president. Get the fuck out of here. Nobody looks like me in the the White House. If they are, they're fucking butler or they're a fucking cop for whatever reason or whatever, a security guard, whatever the fuck. You're not going to see no black person. A, bl- a black person, full black, who looks like me, dark pigment and all that, kinky hair. You're not going to see that in the fucking White House, at least not in my generation. But um, look, look at look at Obama. It, oh, look, look, racism. We had a black person. No, man, he's light skinned. He, he still looks closer to what this idea of what you're supposed to look like. This this fair skin bullshit. Even look now with uh, our new president, Joe Biden. Really, Kamala Harris, first black woman. Now, I know that's, you know, that can be a huge argument or debate within itself. Oh, well, I mean, you got to think about it. We're getting places. I, I, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. That, it doesn't matter because they're still, they're still imposing these Western ideals of what be, like beauty standards and what you're supposed to look like in office just to be comfortable so so white people can feel comfortable fuck the comfortability of white people i've been uncomfortable my entire fucking life they've had enough they've had enough of being comfortable for generations decades years put some put somebody who looks like fucking chief keith in the office and then then i'll take you seriously but up until that shut the fuck up fuck politics this shit is corny everyone's fucking uh, sucking Joe's dick after he got elected like we weren't just shitting on him before electing him. We just literally chose him because we didn't want to fucking deal with President Trump. Dumb it. Come on now. This is great. This is a huge step in the right direction. Kamala Harris, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Goofy. Now, I'm not too heavily invested in politics because it makes my fucking brain hurt and half the time it's just people arguing over dumb shit because they they can't think and that's one thing. That's one thing. And, and maybe you could, you, you might think I'm an idiot, right? Because you always live in somebody's mind as a, a completely different entity. And I do need to read some more books on just uh, black people in general. Um, but I definitely, I'm not an idiot. Like, I definitely think long and hard and yeah, critically, I'll say that. I do critically think about everything that goes on and I try to get perspectives and understand because for me, I like gaining uh, perspectives on all ends so I could better be suited for uh, arguments if they ever come. But I think debates are corny. Debates are just how can I make myself look good to win? Not, hey, this is something I think is a problem that we should discuss. Debates are set up for one person to be right. And I think that shit is corny. Because it's, it's, I don't think it's rooted in really educating each other. It's more so, how do I look better? So I don't like watching debates. I don't like watching dumb shit like that. Because half the time, in my opinion, the people who actually make sense or are thinking logically or critically, they never really get their flowers, right? They might get their flowers on the internet, but 
this shit is all for show and TV and shit because nothing fucking changes. I'm tired of not seeing shit change. So what's a man to do, you know? Um, I didn't really want to talk for like an hour. Just kind of wanted to uh, rant and get this first episode off. I just be thinking about a lot of things. I uh, I might do a part two to this or I might move on to another topic. But um, this was more so like a lecture, just having people understand that it's it's all deeply rooted and everything is all fucking relative and it's, it's deeply rooted in white nationalism and ignorance if you want you can educate yourself a, a, a quick google search will do you some good um there are black people who are in positions where they're giving these lectures and that's like their job they literally just educate because the schools aren't doing it so you could find some on the internet i am not your spokesperson I'm just a young adult, black male, who knows a, a, two, a thing or two about some shit. Um, you can hit me up on my Twitter, at some vertigo. Uh, I can't say that I'll respond always. A lot of the time I'd be taking breaks off of the internet and Twitter and shit, but um, you can reach out to me there if you want to speak on topics with me. Um, ask me questions, my opinions on whatever, race, politics, uh, things that are very vital and important for us to kind of educate each other on and understand. You can reach out to me there and we can get a podcast set up going. We can get a podcast going, set up or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, this has been Jaden Dante Gear, professionally known as Simon Vertigo. And this has been the first episode of Simon Says. Later.